Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. Thursday, August 4th, 2022. I am Dan Rubin. This is the Bucknuts Morning 5 and Change. If you are watching on the Book of Face or YouTube, Twitter, you can see that Mark Porter and Bill Curlick have joined us for a long discussion on Spencer Rattler. I kid, I kid. That won't happen again anytime soon. Gentlemen, how goes it? Morning. Going, going well. Going well. As you can see, Bill's on a sign in uh, Colorado, as you can see by the winter scene in the background. Just <laughs> kidding. He is in Florida doing the deed. But we are going to talk today about recruiting. It has not been the best week, gentlemen. There's been met much angst on the boards. We are going to actually start today with something I feel is tremendously positive that is a little bit buried, if possible, and that is the addition over the weekend of quarterback Brock Glenn. We've gotten to the point here, and I was talking to the guys about this before the show. We've gotten to the point where we now take adding five-star quarterbacks or just future pro quarterbacks like it's nothing. We're more worried about uh, tight ends and safeties and stuff like that. God forbid we would have the most talented and stacked quarterback room in the history of college football, but I digress. Obviously, that's not making the impact. Mark, we're going to start with you today. You did a review of Brock Glenn. It is up on the site now. And you even texted me somewhere through, like, how do they keep doing this? It was the first time you'd seen Brock Glenn. I think part of you probably expected this late in the process that they weren't adding another future pro. They were. Yeah, it's unbelievably how deep this quarterback class is. And you nailed it on the head when you start getting down in your rankings, you start thinking, well, these guys might not be as good. But I'm going to warn you about rankings, and even national rankings. If a player is ranked number one nationally, and there's a player ranked 35th or 40th nationally, there's not that big of a difference. It might be 40 spots or 30 spots in a ranking, but those are still five-star elite athletes. Uh, when I do my rankings for college coaches, I grade kids A, B, C, and D, because when I grade A's, I don't like having 30 A's and naming one of those A's number one and one of those A's number 30. I don't think there's that big of a difference in somebody's perception or mind of what one through 30 is. I think a lot of times when I rate kids in A, they're the same. Okay, they're on the same uh, echelon. They're in the same ballpark. They do the same things. And sometimes there's only two A quarterbacks. Sometimes there's six A quarterbacks. This year in the, in the country, there are a lot of outstanding quarterbacks. And you put on that tape and you're watching this kid and you're going, you know, in four years, uh, people might think this is the fifth best uh, quarterback right now. He may be the best. 
the first thing I like about him is his delivery is absolutely flawless. Okay, he throws a spiral and it comes out of there with no hitch, no giddy up. There's no wasted motion on the bubbles and the quick throws. I'd love to see his release time. It's about as quick as anything I've seen this year. He really can get the ball out, and the accuracy is unbelievable. And he had a series of slant routes on his film, and I want to say there were 20 of them where every one of them were six inches in front of the guy's chin. I mean, the ball placement is perfect. He's got the arm strength to go downfield. He seems like he's a pretty good runner. Nothing crazy. We're not going to be going back to the zone read or calling Lamar Jackson, but when he escapes, he's one of those guys who keeps his eyes downfield, and he's beating you with his brain and eyes while his feet are just buying him a few extra seconds. Uh, he's got the 55, 60-yard throws on film, and they look pretty effortless. It doesn't look like he's digging down to his the soles of his shoes to throw the ball 55 yards. He's got some strength. And the other thing, he's not a big kid yet. At 6'2", 190 pounds or so, 195, he's some meat on the bone where this kid could get better and throw the ball a little harder. But arm strength, everything checks the boxes. And I'll say one thing. His delivery, I kind of compare him to Joe Burrow. He's got that thing to him. But he's got a little Aaron Rodgers delivery where that repeatable spiral is very impressive. I mean, Aaron Rodgers has got one of the best spirals in the NFL, so I'm throwing out a lofty comparison. But it's a tight uh, delivery, and it's repetitive, and the spiral is is beautiful. So, yeah, the, the Ohio State Buckeyes go onto their board, and they don't have to dip down. They just took someone off the same tier. Okay, so big-time player. Yeah, pretty incredible. Um, considering, you know, quarterback is the most important position on the field. I just think we've done so well recruiting it. Lest we forget, they got Quinn Ewers and he boogied. They went right back in and got Devin Brown. Bill, your thoughts on Brock Glenn? He hasn't necessarily been one of the names we've talked about a ton, but highly coveted prospect and really put on a show with the Elite 11. I think that helped. I think you hit it on the head when you, you mentioned that uh, it's almost commonplace or nonchalant that a high state gets a great quarterback. I remember uh, many weeks ago talking about Brock Glenn on the front row and somebody said, you know, what's the big deal? We need defensive tackles. We need offensive linemen. And I, and I said, you don't understand. It's an absolutely huge deal that they get another quarter, that they get a quarterback in the 2023 class. CJ Stroud's gone after this year, uh, unless something totally unforeseen happens. You can't go into a season with two scholarship quarterbacks on the roster, which is what would have happened without another quarterback. That's you just can't do that. Um, you know, they had a, a number of guys early that they really um, that they zeroed in on and offered scholarships. They didn't work out. They reset the board. And and like Ohio State does as well or better than anybody, when they reset the board, they reset them with high level guys, as Mark was referring to. Um, you know, they it came down this time around to Brock Glenn and Austin Novosad. You know, they, they realized that they weren't getting Nova sad. And so they went all in on Brock Glenn. Not that he, you know, needs to take a backseat to anybody, but they, they like both of them. And they went in on Glenn and they got him. Um, absolutely huge. That means that for the foreseeable future, the quarterback room is secure. You know, they're, they're going to have Kyle McCord and, uh, Devin Brown, after this season, at least 
for a while until one of them wins the job and and maybe one is the backup. Um, and then they have Brock Glenn coming in. And then after that, Dylan Rayola. So, you know, it's, it's, they had to be in that position and Corey Dennis and Ryan day, Mark Pantone got them in that position. You see Nick Stam here say QBs are great, but defense wins championships. I think you need a really good defense to win the championship, but I don't think in college football, this is necessarily the case anymore. Who were the last? Let's go over the last few national champions. Last year was Alabama with Bryce Young. Okay. The year before that, Georgia. Was that correct? The Stetson. Oh, so Stetson Bennett was last. Am I right? Yeah. Georgia, um, Georgia was the past year. Yeah. Stetson Bennett. And, and that's, see, that's the one that's throwing everybody off because they had the nine first rounders and the, uh, okay. and the one quarterback. But look before that, it's Bryce Young, Trevor Lawrence. Joe Burrow, those guys are all top few draft picks. So I, I think trying to do it with, let's just say this. I don't think Stetson Bennett's winning another title. Um, that was, you know, arguably the and, best and defense we've player for player in a decade. So go ahead, Mark. And it depends on the the scheme you're running on offense. Ohio State's scheme on offense is built for the quarterback. He's delivering the ball over the field. You need a, you need a guy that can paint all the corners of the field, who has reach to the end of the earth and can get the. I mean, so it's not like you can just put any quarterback in Ohio State's offense. There's other game manager type quarterbacks that you can put in an offense and yeah, use the defense to keep slow on the clock short the game. But the, the recipe of college football. College football is wide open. The scores in a lot of these national championship games, it's like a pinball machine. Not a lot of defense usually being played, even from great defenses. Bill, one of the uh, prevailing, I don't know, let's call it uh, storylines going now, is that uh, the reason Ohio State did not close on several of these defensive prospects was the visit weekend that they had didn't go as well as possible. Do you want to address that and maybe put that in context? I feel like that's getting exaggerated to some extent. Well, first of all, I think expectations were, in some cases, ridiculously high. You had 12 uncommitted players there that weekend, and um, they, you know, six of them alone were top kids from Georgia. Then you had some Florida. They were all from distances long, uh, a long way away from home, so to speak. Uh, they were from the south you weren't realistically going to get eight of those 12, for instance, like some people felt like they might. Uh, they ended up, they've got three of them, and they got three important guys from that from that uh, that weekend. And I think what really surprised people was that they didn't get Tackett Curtis and they didn't get John Walker. You know, if, uh, but on the other hand, they got Jelani Thurman. Nobody... Uh, six months ago had Jelani Thurman pegged Ohio State. And with the decommitment of Ty Lockwood, Jelani Thurman is huge in this class. They got Jason Moore, who prior to that weekend, his crystal ball was 100% Notre Dame. Um, That was a huge get. So Kay and Lee, you know, one of the, I think he's one of the most underrated cornerbacks. And I was talking to uh, somebody on the Notre Dame side of things uh, they said the same thing. He might be the most one of the most underrated cornerbacks in, in this class. So they got some good guys. They just didn't get uh, eight of them. Um, but still, you know, again, it's going to be hard w- when you go 
uh, into the South and try to get 12 top-notch guys. You're, you're just not going to get them all. And I think also looking at that weekend, that was the fourth weekend of the month of June. By that time, kids are starting to get burnt out on their visits. Some of those kids had taken official visits three or four weekends in a row, and that's hard. They get burnt out a little bit. I think that um, uh, you might see Ohio State relook at that and say, all right, maybe we want to get things done earlier. You like that last visit. That's great. But if it's the last visit and you're taking four in a row, it can be grueling. Maybe they'll have to look at that. Go ahead, Mark. I'm picturing some of these families driving up for these final visits. And I think a lot of these final visits, uh, I bet you the conversation on the car ride is there. I wonder if there's anything more they're going to offer this weekend. I wonder if they're going to come in with the final and they're expecting the words NIL deal. Okay. So you're going to Ohio state. It's the final visit and you go and you're looking for that NIL deal. And I think a lot of these other visits at other schools that's where they're going to try to close the book. They're going to bring them in at the end, sit them down and say, here's what we have for you in addition to the scholarship. And I think families are going to these visits, looking to come out of there with a couple of bags of cash over their shoulder. The big bag. Headed straight to the bank. Yeah, big bags. And I think that that's the new game. And I think we're seeing it already. And not that this weekend is an indicator of that, but these final visits are going to be like, Here's the final offer, okay? And, and in other schools that are playing in the NIL thing, and we're, we're watching it trickle in this year and prospects pick up left and right, I think prospects may walk away either not liking Ohio State's approach to NIL, thinking, hey, we thought we were about to get an offer on this weekend. The offer wasn't there, and, and their pitch was play for us. And, you know, if you, if you don't get injured in three years, there'll be a lot of money here for you. So I don't know if these kids are looking for – hey, we're going to give you a million dollars in case you get injured and take care of you and just come and play for us and it's all going to be uh, roses and, you know, that type of stuff. I just, I'm just i just picturing these final weekends going off in this new environment, and I think the discussions are real. And, and you know, some people, as we have seen, are, are at the ledge and some people are over the ledge right now. But I will, airborne. Yeah. I will go back to last recruiting cycle when it was the same way with Ohio State defensive line recruiting. Ohio State, you know, they didn't have much in the group at, at one point, and people were wondering, Ohio State's not getting anybody. Well, they ended up with Hero Canoe, outstanding defensive tackle, who I've been told, by the way, it, it, he's the real deal. He's going to be a great player for Ohio State. They end up with Omari Abor. One of the best in Texas, Caden Curry, who was just tremendous last year uh, in Texas at the All-American Bowl, um, and Kenyatta Jackson. The sky was falling for defensive line, and lo and behold, when things settled down and when things finished up, that's a really good group. No question. All right, we're going to take a quick break for those on the pod and be back in about 10 seconds. Okay, picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And we are back. All right, Bill. So now that they have kind of recalibrated 2023, we talked about there's probably five guys that are in the mix for some more, some less likely to commit. Um, We will start with this dude because I just saw a question on him from Shane. He saw yesterday that Luke Montgomery, who, by the way, is a wonderful Twitter follower for those of you who like Ohio State. He is as positive and inclusive as you can get. Was to try and flip Keon Keeley hard, saying, come on, go Bucks." Now, Keon Keeley is defensive end committed to Notre Dame. Recent Alabama commitment Richard Young tweeted that he was going to get Keon Keeley to flip. I've never seen a kid claim he can do that. That would be really impressive. Bill, your thoughts on Keon Keeley? Well, we've been talking about him for a long time. He's been a target for Ohio State for a long time. He visited Ohio State in March. It went very well. But, you know, he's been a Notre Dame guy. Um, He's been committed there for quite some time. Uh, His school, some of the people around him there are pro Notre Dame. And I've said for a long time, they want him to come in, Ohio State that is, for the Ohio State Notre Dame game. I don't know if that's going to happen or not. We'll see. Uh, so far, nothing is set in stone, but that's what they would like to have. Um, it's going to be hard to flip him. And if uh, they are going to flip him, now they've got to beat out two schools. They've got to get him to flip from Notre Dame, keep him from flipping to Alabama, where he recently visited. That one's going to be tough. You know, again, especially with Ohio State, the way they recruit, I don't like to ever say never, but that's going to be a tough one. And, you know, Luke Montgomery has been going after, you know, trying to convince him to flip to Ohio State as well as other, you know, commitments. I just, it's going to be tough. Does uh, Luke uh, Luke Montgomery have a bag of uh, NIL money he can give these guys? Is there some way these recruits can start doing that? Because (laughs) if they're going to start flipping guys, they got to have access to something that, you know, besides their Twitter feed. Not as far as you know, Mark. Not as far, yeah, yeah. But look, look for that to start happening. Uh, you know what? I got so much NIL money that I'm going to give a little bit to you to get you to come on over. So come on over. Let's talk about some of the other names, Bill, the names that people want to hear. Matei Ungale, uh, Damon Wilson, Jalen Thompson, and then an Ohioan, Arvell Reese. How do you see it ending up with those four names we discussed? Well, uh, obviously, I think uh, Arvell Reese is the most likely of that group to end up at Ohio State. You know, obvious reasons. He's a Cleveland-Glenville guy. But you know, I've had him crystal ball to Ohio State for quite a, quite a while now. And, um, you know, he, they need him in this class. Um, they don't have any linebackers in this class. And he's really good, as, as Mark has, you know, detailed uh, on this show before. Uh, so, you know, he's at the top of the list as, you know, most likely – uh, from the group, you know, you know, the guy that hasn't been talked about a lot that I would probably put number two on the list to be a Buckeye would be Jalen Thompson uh, from Detroit Cast Tech. He uh, not too long ago visited Ohio State again. It went extremely well. Uh, his plan right now is to take a vis- official visits um, come the season, come the fall. He's got Ohio State up there. He's got Michigan State up there, Penn State up there. Um, Cincinnati's another one. 
I think in the end, it'll probably come down to Ohio State and Michigan State for him. At one point, it was looking pretty good for Penn State, but I think they're fading a little bit now with, with Jalen Thompson. Not out of it, but maybe fading a little bit. And I think he'll probably end up at Ohio State or Michigan State. So uh, he would be kind of my number two. The, the dark horse, so to speak, uh, might be Damon Wilson. You know, they, they Damon Wilson has talked about making an official visit. He said he's wants to do that. They've talked about the possibility of him making that official visit for the Notre Dame game. Um, that Notre Dame weekend, that to me is going to be a momentum regaining weekend for Ohio State. Not to say that at the end of the weekend they're going to get five new commitments, but it's going to regain the momentum for Ohio State, in my opinion. I cannot wait. Yeah. I don't think anybody can wait for that. All right. Uh, we've talked about running back in the class. Um, it looks like they're only going to take one, possibly Mark Fletcher. I mean, they're going to take Mark Fletcher. The question is, will they take another one? I think everyone was holding out for Justice Haynes. Shocker. He went to Alabama. Let's move on to 24. Grant Nichol always asks good questions. I always ask if he's related to Mandy Nichol, who was the best looking girl in my high school senior class, but I digress. Are we going to land two class of 24 running backs? It looks like we are well for both Stacey Gage and Jordan Marshall. Jordan Marshall is an Ohioan. Mark, let everyone know about Jordan Marshall. And then, Bill, you can kind of let everyone know a little bit about Stacey Gage and what you think is going to happen. Yeah, uh, Jordan Marshall down at uh, Cincinnati Moeller, one of the most loaded teams in Ohio right now. They probably have about 20 or 25 college prospects on that team. I got to say 15 of them already have full scholarship offered. So I'm just pointing out that uh, – Jordan Marshall is going to be on a great team this year, and you're going to hear a lot about him. He is an explosive, bigger back. He's got a little more size than you would think, especially coming out of his sophomore year. At the Ohio State camp, the Ohio State coaches followed him around the drills to get a good eye on him. He is definitely going to be one of the guys they want to bring home in this class because of his versatility. He fits that spread mold backfield where he can go back there and he can do receiving out of the backfield. He can run between the tackles. He has the explosion and power. He, he's a great all-around back, and we've only seen what he looks like as a sophomore. So if people don't know about Jordan Marshall this season, I, you can expect the deep run in the playoffs. You can expect a lot of hype, a lot of press at his games, and, and he's going to be the, what's called the show. Okay, so big-time player there. Go ahead. Yeah, Bill, not super common, actually, to see them offer an in-state running back this early. Um your thoughts, Bill, and also maybe a little bit about Stacey Gage. Yeah, I am. Um, I've been doing a series on position by position who Ohio State could land in the 2024 class and counting down who they're most likely to land. And when I did the running backs, those were my top two guys. I had the most likely guy uh, right now at running back to be a Buckeye is Jordan Marshall, and I had Stacey Gage number two. Uh, they both. I've talked to both of them in person, uh, on the phone, you know, many times, and they both are highly, and I emphasize highly, interested in Ohio State. Um, you know, I think right now, Ohio State, uh, for both of them, is either the leader or one of the top two, and I think there's a very good chance one of those two guys will be in the class. Will they both be? You know, eh, we'll, we'll see on that, but I think there's a pretty decent chance that one of those two will be in this Ohio state class, at least a, a very legitimate chance. We don't, we don't want to be forgetting Jordan Marshall. No question. Let's uh, da, 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 da. we'll finish with a couple of questions like this. <clears throat> Bill, John Walker 
committed to the University of Central Florida. I think that definitely bums some people out, but I will say this, and there's some talk about how Kissimmee, Florida is not like Columbus, Ohio. This might be who just wanted to be in a more subtle spot. Did you get the sense during his recruitment that it could have ended up like this? Because we followed a lot of recruitments around here. This is the first one where someone picked a school really like, you know, perplexed. Is it just the hometown vibe or is it the hometown vibe combined with one huge donor at Central Florida that wanted to see a lucky uh, a local stay around? Uh, funny you should mention Kissimmee because I am sitting in the heart of Kissimmee, Florida uh. right now. Uh, and I got to know you're John. coming back to Ohio, Bill. You're not staying there, so what's the problem? No, no, I'll be back very soon, actually. But, um, uh, a couple years ago, I went, I was down here and I met with John Walker, um, and did a story and all that a video interview and and got to know him pretty well. Um, a number of months ago, I brought up on our board, um, that John Walker that UCF was a little bit of a dark horse, as I put it, to land John Walker because he's a homebody. And, you know, I didn't predict he was going to go to UCF. I just said, you know, they're a dark horse to land him. And lo and behold, they end up getting him. And I think there was a number of factors. He is really a homebody. His family, they're homebody types. His mom wanted him at home. Uh, you've got the NIL factor. Uh, you, they put everything into getting John Walker. When I say they, I mean UCF because he, they, they sold him on, you can stay here, be the hometown hero. He's the highest, I believe, ranked recruit that they've gotten in many years, if not ever. So it was all in on John Walker. And you put all those things together and really it, it, it was an uphill battle as it turns out. And, and when people say, well, High State lost him to UCF, well, keep in mind that Ohio State is not the only other school that offered him a scholarship. He made official visits to Miami. So he picked UCF over Miami also. Uh, Michigan, another one. It, it, so it wasn't just Ohio State. He picked UCF. He wanted to stay home, and, and that's what he did. Uh, one name that hasn't come up, it's been kind of in the news lately because there was a uh, some kerfuffle on the internet about him. Uh, PG County, DC native Desmond Zulu. Bill, you did not mention him. Are they falling out of favor with him or vice versa? Well, you know, he's still on the board and all, and, and he's one of the very few uncommitted guys. Uh, out there that made official visits to Ohio State in June. Um, I, I know some he was crystal balled early to Ohio State, but I I just wasn't sold on that happening, and and I I still am not for that matter. I think uh, to be honest, I think right now Jalen Thompson and they play kind of the same position or would play kind of the same position at Ohio State, um, the Jack position in Jim Knowles' defense, you know, I would take him as a more likely as the likely guy uh, right now in my mind. So let's finish this, finish this with some positivity. We do have a vibe that um, the Glenville pipeline will be slightly rehooked. Arvell Reese 
always had a good vibe on him. We're hearing some rumors that a decision could be coming um, relatively soon. We never know with Glenville guys. That's always kind of a curveball. Mark, what would they be getting in Arvell Reese? And Bill, you can kind of back that up with what you think it's, you know, the likelihood. Yeah, Arvell is, uh, you know, he's got a little Sonny Styles in him. You know, Sonny Styles is a long, tall guy that can run. Arvell doesn't play safety or anything like Styles, but he plays linebacker the same way. When you see those guys walking up on the edge of the defense, you're not sure if they're going to put their hand in the dirt and come get the quarterback or drop out and cover pass. That's the type of athlete you're dealing with. Uh, the type of and we always kind of forget that but what do we see him in a glenville uniform and he's been coached up there in the offseason with all the training and if, if you know anything about the glenville crew they pack up the buses and he's probably been to 20 camps which means he got about 20 free practices this summer before he even went into doubles so get ready for him to have a big year uh, you're getting a dynamic linebacker out of him that's going to be out on the edge. Uh, he could possibly grow into a defensive end, maybe in a few years if he gets to 250 or 260, which he does have the frame for. Uh, I'm told he's put on a ton of weight in this offseason. They got him with the protein shakes and all the other stuff, feeding him well. You know, great, great pickup for the Buckeyes if they land him. Uh, and we'd like to see him commit before the season. I know a lot of these guys have the itch to commit right as this season, right as double start in case of the the flukish injury, they're, they're, their money's safe, they're in the bank, and they have a commitment. So you may see a rash of early commitments for maybe even other guys at Glenville. Bill? Yeah, I, I think he would be a, a, a huge addition in my book because uh, uh, you kind of bring the pipeline back, so to speak. You've got Bryce West there at Glenville, 2024 guy that, that they want. Um He's at a position they don't have any commitments at right now. They don't have any linebacker commitments, and he's a great player. So, you know, I think that uh, – I don't know that he's going to commit in the next couple of days. The sooner the better. But the bottom line is, whenever it is, get him in the class. All right, people. I'd like you to go outside and look up. The sky is still there. There's nothing to worry about. We, I feel like we go through this almost every year. Last year's show at this time said with some angst that always ends up with some Ohio State love, and we are looking forward to that. Up to the opener again, Marcus Freeman's. We appreciate these guys stopping by. Be back on Tuesday. My Tuesday show is going to be about Florida recruiting, Ohio getting it done in Florida. Maybe we'll have Mark come back in here with uh, some more NIL chatter because that's obviously going to play a big role. We appreciate you guys stopping by. Have a good one, Buck Matters.